When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With the trade deadline approaching in our fantasy leagues, now is the time to make some moves. But how do you do that when offensive and defensive players are involved? That and more this week on the IDP Blitz. Heads up, get ready, it's the IDP show. With the football guys in Sydney Bloom, you know how that goes. This ain't your typical, we deliver the hard facts. This is the dopest fantasy football podcast. It's when to go home, everything's at risk. Welcome to something new, it's the IDP Blitz. When to go home, everything's at risk. Welcome to something new, it's the IDP Blitz. Josh here with Adam and Bobby from the IDP show with the legend Sigmund Bloom of football guys talking trades for offense and IDP. Sig's dancing on the stream yard. You'd love to see it. It's a beautiful day. It's the NFL trade deadline and we've got some trade deadlines coming up in our fantasy league. So in this episode, we're going to be talking all about IDP trades, and if there's some breaking news, some of our favorite IDP assets get traded, we'll touch on that as well. But Sig, let's start off with sort of a macro viewpoint type of question. We know that trading is instrumental to fantasy success, and yet one of the most common stumbling blocks we hear from new IDP managers is that it's hard to value a trade when it involves offensive and defensive players, so that makes them gun-shy to trade. So, What's one of the biggest lessons that you've learned playing IDP for as long as you have? What's one of the biggest lessons you've learned when it comes to making trades? All right, guys. You're so kind and indulgent, and you let me be long-winded. So I'm going to say a few general things uh, and and then down to the IDP uh, business here. First, I want to say this trade deadline day is wonderful. It's a wonderful occasion to be doing the show with y'all on this day because you know how they like to say the NFL is not fantasy football. Today it is. Today it's That's fantasy right. football, right? Today mm-hmm. they're all in the same seat we are managing your team, looking at your resources, thinking about where you're at and your arc of your team story, uh, seeing where you might value commodities different than uh, another person running a team trying to meet in the middle somewhere and it's a reveal it's a reveal about what teams think about their players what they think about what matters for winning what they think about maybe the financial implications of things and so on so it's a really fun day to be talking about this and it's get the brain cells popping because we all like to think way too much about this stuff okay real quick a lot of general trade stuff can help you get trades done in your idp leagues uh, make win-win deals Make win-win deals. Put yourself – some of this stuff is so simple, but why don't go, more trades get done in our fantasy leagues, guys? Uh, put yourself in the shoes of the other team. What would help them? If you had their roster, what would you be looking for? Sounds simple, but more trades get done when you approach trade this way as opposed to trying to flee somebody. Uh, don't try to win deals at the margin. Don't try to win deals at the margin because the larger here is you're making relationships. It's the same thing for the NFL. Why do we see certain teams trade all the time? 
building relationships. Uh, and that helps lay the groundwork for a relationship. Uh, maybe not in this trade. Maybe this trade doesn't get done the next time. Uh, build those relationships. Learn your trade partner style. Learn who likes to come up with the early best offer first. Learn who likes to do the mating dance. Um, get, as you can, information about how they value players when you're in trade talks. Oh, would you rather have this player or this player, even if you don't get this deal done? It helps you learn your trade partners. You're always building towards maybe not this deal today, but future deals. Now, IDP trade advice. Uh, in a nutshell, people overvalue offensive players. It's just that simple. Everyone overvalues offensive players in IDP leagues. So at this time, at the trade deadline, um, as a seller, you might not be too happy, especially if it's defensive players that you're selling, because you know what the value of that player is in your lineup. You've been watching them in your lineup. Uh, Defensive players are going to be undervalued. Maybe it's better to be a seller of offensive players who are overvalued. Uh, And likewise, it's better to be a, a buyer of defensive players. So where does this all come together? Be a bean counter. Just look at it like numbers. Forget about the offense-defense stuff. Forget about all the stuff that's baked into how we play IDP fantasy football. Just look at your lineup. What's going to boost your output? Uh, And I think this is going to apply to any trade question or any fantasy football question you all ever ask me, guys. Know your scoring and lineups. 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 Just understanding the implications of your scoring and lineups, especially in IDP leagues, and how it affects positional value and how it matters for building in ceiling, weekly ceiling for your team and moving up that floor. Uh, you can get an edge on the competition just by making trades that reflect an advanced and in-depth understanding of how your particular league, is it a tackle-heavy league? Is it a big play league? Right? Uh, just these simple things. You'd be surprised by just sticking to the fundamentals can help you win deals. So just look at points. You're buying points if you're a buyer. If you're a seller, uh, the offensive points are worth more than the defensive points, even though maybe they shouldn't be. Maybe they shouldn't be. Take advantage of that. Yeah. Addy, we got, now that Halloween's over, we got Thanksgiving coming up. And Sega's like the person whose house you're at for Thanksgiving. He's bringing all these beautiful dishes <laughs> to the table. And I don't even know which one to go after. There's so much goodness packed into that answer. So many different conversations we could have. Trade etiquette. Yes. Like Sig said, you brought this up with folks that we play in leagues with, Addy. Trade etiquette. Learning how to build relationships rather than just locking in the deal. That's a whole separate piece of this. But what would you add on to what Sig said? What's what's been a big lesson that you've learned when it comes to IDP trades? For me, I just you want to be patient, I think. You don't want to overpay for anybody. I think you want to sell when you get the opportunity. You don't want to be that guy that misses his window to sell because you're hanging too tight to how you personally value somebody. Um these values fluctuate so much for IDP. And there's a saying, Addy, too, in real estate, right? The market will tell you what it thinks of your price. So if the value, yeah. you're not seeing it come back to you, maybe you're trying to sell. Maybe you're asking prices a little too high. Yeah, exactly. I mean, just it's it's way too up and down. That's why it's sometimes hard to find a, a, a trade partner because it's hard to find someone that values the, the same guy uh, like you do. Um but yeah, I mean, for the most part, I'm never going to be, you know, meeting the asking price for someone selling a stud. Um, I think that if you want to build a defense, use your second and third and fourth round rookie picks, uh, you know, sprinkling an IDP or, or two in there, um, build through the waiver wire. 
And uh, if you're going to trade, if you have to trade for people, you know, seek out the teams that aren't contending and try and pluck off some of their vets. The guys like Cam Jordan, Aaron Donald, Von Miller, Eric Kendrick, C.J. Mosley, Devondre Campbell, Demario Davis, Levante David. These guys um, that are still elite uh, and, and should still have, a, you know, should still be assets for you if you're a contending team for the next two years. That's what I'm trying to do. Yeah, you're looking to get the guys that um, aren't going to cost a lot because those young guys, we play in mainly dynasty leagues. We're going to be talking primarily in that context today. We're going to talk about some rookie picks here in just a bit. But that's the idea, right, that these these older players, especially in dynasty leagues, which value youth, those guys are going to cost you less. They're probably going to produce more, but they just don't have the sex appeal and the sizzle Babo, I think the big thing for me that I've learned playing IDP, Sig, I think, made a great point there of just look at points. But one thing that I've noticed is when you get to the top of the ladder for both defense and offense, there's a lack of stud equivalency. And that was a big aha for me. Like Micah Parsons does not equal Justin Jefferson. I don't think if you made that trade in 100 leagues, I don't know that one of those gets accepted because I don't know anyone that's trading. Justin Jefferson for Micah Parsons. Both have the same high upside in their range of outcomes, but over the course of the season, the offensive scoring, it's going to be more stable. Even though, heck, this year we haven't seen much of any stability on the offensive side. It's been the defense going crazy. So maybe we need to rewrite some narratives here. Offense is a safer bet, in other words. The difference in predictability and stability helps create helps explain why stud equivalency does not exist when it comes to trades that involve IDP and offense. So that was my big aha, my big takeaway. Babo, what's a lesson that you've learned making IDP trades? So the two big things, I guess, for me would be kind of like Sig is talking about with the bean counter. I kind of have what I call the money ball type approach to IDP. You know, I really don't want to ever put parameters on myself going into a trade. Like I'm not ever going to trade offense for defense or defense for offense or whatever for picks. I, I don't want to, you know, kind of corner myself. Um, I find that people often undervalue the lesser known names, not only in offense, but also in, in IDP, um, your roster filler types, you know, while it might not be as sexy or as cool, um, cool looking on your dynasty roster, since everybody, this is kind of dynasty flex uh, season. Everybody wants to throw their roster out there to, you know, look how cool my dynasty roster is. But, you know, sometimes the Sioni Taki Takis of the world in a flex as an LB3, they're going to get you a W. Um, honestly, this year, that's kind of the way that I have focused my attention to play IDP. Um, not necessarily looking at other teams in the league, just simply looking at my opponent that week. What holes do they have in their roster? And then just trying to get one W at a time. And then the other side of that, I feel like I kind of uh, side alongside you a little bit, Josh. It's kind of the positional advantages. I also think that we undervalue these type of guys in trades and on our rosters. To me, these guys are Patrick Mahomes, Miles Garrett, uh, Josh Allen, Aaron Donald, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Travis Kelsey, and probably Micah Parsons is in that category. Those guys are elite assets, um, especially Aaron Donald in a defensive tackle league. Um in my opinion, they're just immovable unless it's something absolutely stupid. The ability to have game-winning weeks from a Kelsey, from a Donald, from a Garrett 
outweighs any type of player or package that some team is going to send to me in return. So something that you often say on the IDP show is, I don't always want to trade 10 dimes for a dollar. Right. Sometimes I just want to keep a dollar. And in those situations, these guys are a dollar for me. Yeah, and it speaks to this idea, Sig, of your trade philosophy. Now, the philosophy for our show has evolved. We've come to respect veterans a lot more, even in dynasty leagues. But yes, every situation is unique. But for the most part, the three people at this table, we like to cash out on linebackers because they're replaceable. Uh, We like to cash out on DBs because they're so volatile season to season. But we hold tight to stud edge rushers. We prefer picks and offense in exchange for IDPs. We like to grab youth once we can, uh, when we can, because we're in dynasty leagues. So, Sig, is there this sort of North Star when it comes to your IDP trade approach, or is it just totally situation and league dependent? Well, I think that uh, it's already been touched on a few times during the show, and I'm going to totally turn into, like, uh, Pie May here, right, Uh, and say the North Star is there's no North Star. The rule is, as you all have already said, there's no rule. There's no hard and fast rule. Uh, there's, you don't, or at least you don't ever want to apply rules without looking at the context and the specific situation. So, and again, I come back to fundamentals, wax on, wax off. Let's just all go Eastern with this, right? Um, <laughs> I shouldn't even say Eastern because that's like in relation to where we are, you know, there's older traditions. Uh, the point being that know your scoring and lineups, know how, it, I think that's where you start. And have your own positional evaluation. Have your own idea of who is on that list of those true difference makers. Um, and I, I think to sort of intersect with what you all are saying, if it's not one of those true difference makers, and I think it, it's easier to do this at off-ball linebacker or safety, but it doesn't have to be strictly edge players off the list, you know, Max Crosby or Brian Burns or whoever, um, cash out. If it's not a generational player, Miles Garrett, Aaron Donald, these kind of guys, cash them out, cash them out. I think that what we see on the IDP side of the ball is players lose value much, much more quickly. And I think that even though it isn't talked about the same, I saw people, the Roquan Smith trade went down, right? Uh, second, fifth round, that's crazy. Oh, how many teams want to pay an off-ball linebacker at the top of the market salary? Preach, uh, Sig. I mean, and look, I'm not saying they're right, okay, but these are market conditions. They the real estate uh, maximum about the market tells you what it thinks of your price. So the Bears obviously decided they didn't want to pay Roquan Smith. Maybe they don't have that opinion about off-ball linebacker specifically, but Roquan Smith specifically. And uh, I wouldn't be shocked, guys, if the Ravens don't sign him to a long-term deal. I wouldn't be shocked if they just say the pr- difference between a late second and a late third plus a fifth was enough for us to try to get this division and try to make a run this year because we know this is a need we have. So uh, what are we seeing with Blake Martinez? You know, what are we seeing with these guys? And then also, much like running back, it's a rough position. It's a meat grinder. Look at Shaquille Leonard. Look at uh, you know even Jalen Smith. Um, I think the windows of elite production are smaller. And I think unless you've watched this guy play and thought, I've not seen somebody like that before, J.J. Watt, when he was at his peak, then don't hold on too tight. 
Um, and the other thing I'm going to just toss out there, not so much as a North Star, but something to keep in mind when you're making these deals. Right now, we're still doing the uh, shoots and ladders thing with edge players. Oh, he's a linebacker. Uh, I don't even know if I can play him every week. Oh, he's a defensive end. He's a key to me winning my championship. I think you just collect these guys and let's see how it sorts out because hopefully fellas we can get to that better future in idp leagues where true position does break these guys out and some of these players where you feel crestfallen like joey bosa oh what do i have have joey bosa the linebacker it'll sort itself out give it time was sig in our slack yesterday you think yeah was he <laughs> right. were you eavesdropping in our in our uh, I XFFL slack? <laughs> he's the eye of sauron you know, uh, to, yeah. to kind of take it back to our first pod um, with Sig, to talk about, you know, sell guys when you think that it might be the perceived value that selling Roquan Smith right now for a second and a fifth, let's just say that's in an IDP league, it doesn't seem like enough, but here in a year, you might be glad that you cashed out Roquan for a second and a fifth. Well, and the thing that stuck with me from our last pod that Sig said was, if everyone is thinking it, you're not going to be able to do it. Yeah. Right. And something that just occurred to me, because I was thinking about Frankie Louvu and Shaq Thompson now has outsnapped him the past two weeks. So much of IDP is warm body production that the guys that become these darlings, especially off the waiver wire, they're not necessarily the most talented players. They're not players that teams are looking to invest in long term. <laughs> and so when we say cash out, when you have a chance, part of that reasoning is because the rug can be yanked out from under these guys rather quickly. We were all excited about Frankie Louvu, and maybe things will change. Maybe things will turn around, but it seems like here over the past two weeks, he's been replaced by the guy that was always there in Shaq Thompson. So, yes, I agree. Cash out when you can. Addy, I think you have something to add. Well, and you cash out when you can because we don't know. <clears throat> I mean, one thing that we, we are sure about is picks – Everyone loves picks. Everyone loves rookie picks. One thing we don't know is how are these guys going to continue to play throughout the year? Is their value going to go up and down? What Those picks are just going to keep getting that is more true. and more valuable. So if you can, anytime you can always switch, you know, from a player to a pick, I love that. People yeah. like picks. People want mm-hmm. picks. People want picks. Picks are assets that accrue value. Whereas, yeah, we can see these once beloved Blake Martinez, Jalen Smith, you know, the stock just crash i mean look at pat queen perfect example from yesterday we were talking on last week's podcast about trading jordan brooks for pat queen plus yeah and now that's pretty much out the window that's That's a dumb deal that's yeah that's how quickly these things can change so yes not holding too tightly to your picks that said my if i had to sum up a general philosophy i try to reduce complexity when setting my lineups We talked about in the last show, Sig, Devin White. Yes, he's a great sell, but he's also nice just to plug into my lineup and not have to worry about. So while I will move him if the price is right, I'm not eagerly shopping my studs. Bobo, I know your approach is the uh, Kramer sell, sell, sell Mm -hmm. uh, in our main league at least, but how would you sum up your philosophy? I mean, that's exactly it. This has been a very uh, heavy trade year for me, especially in regards to IDP players. You know, I kind of made a list of guys this year that 
probably in the off season or even in season, you should have traded. Let's just start off with Pat Queen would have been a great opportunity to get rid of him. Robert Quinn, Emmanuel Ogba, JOK, Shaq Leonard, Jordan Poyer, Justin Simmons, Jeremy Chin, Chase Young, Jerome Baker. I mean, we could literally sit here and make a list of probably 30 players that you probably should have traded, um, cashed out on. And that's not even that's not even taken into um, consideration the Frankie Louvus of the world, the Zaire Franklins, you know, they're probably exactly like you say, Josh, just warm bodies. So there have been very, very few instances this year where a manager comes knocking um, that I can't find some type of, like Adam is saying, some type of a pick um, that's going to make us both happy. Six started this off with a win-win, learn learn your uh, your counterparts, uh, trade style and um, and go from there. Trade with everybody because everybody's different. But one value asset to one person is completely different to the next guy. So that's probably the summation of my approach. Just get rid of everybody. Just sell everybody. Buy no one. Have an empty roster. It's a good way to go. Sig, let's talk about a unique wrinkle in dynasty leagues. Is that you get to trade future draft picks. So if you're new to Dynasty and IDP, though, this can all be a little bit overwhelming. We actually had a listener DM us earlier and say, I'm having a hard time knowing how to value picks versus players in my league that has offense and defense in it. Sig, let's talk about how you handle picks in your Dynasty leagues. Are there some basic rules or strategies that you try to follow with trades that involve uh, draft picks? There are. There's a few hacks. This is a stimulating conversation, so I want to add a couple of things on to the more general conversation we had. That, that some things that popped up real quick before I move on to tackle that question specifically. Um, in general, I regret trades I didn't make more than trades I made. And I think underneath that is that we have the perceived value of players or assets. Well, let's just stick with players because the perceived value of assets is going to be more level. You have the perceived value of players or what you think is going to happen to their value curve, arc, trajectory. And then we have um, the, the whatever the you expect the future to bring. And more often, you should have taken less than what the market told you you needed to get to win the deal. Right. Later on, you're like, I could have taken less than that. And I still like you were talking about with Roquan Smith, maybe a year from now getting too little for Roquan Smith will look really good. All right. So if you have an urge either to buy or sell, um, if you feel like you're overpaying or underpaying or you're stuck on what the market says that commodity is worth, let go. And also, and this is more human psychology. Um, I think for most of us, there are people I think that maybe are afraid to trade maybe as you're a novice, but once you're up to speed in fantasy football, Trades release endorphins, right? When you complete a trade, when you see a trade was accepted, when you get a trade done, it makes you feel good. It makes you feel good in part because you get to test out your theory. You get to actually test it out and see. <laughs> Sometimes we're embarrassed. Some, I, I don't know about you, but I could probably list off five trades right now that I've made, guys, that would make people say, why are you having him on your show? Why would I ever <laughs> listen to him? Why would I ever listen to somebody that maybe after his first year traded Christian McCaffrey for Jordan Howard and uh, Anthony Miller? I don't know. Maybe I made that trade. Maybe I did. <laughs> totally and, hypothetical. Sam. Totally hypothetical, right? You would never listen to somebody that did that. Never, ever. Uh, but And this is going back. Maybe that's the trade. See, I say I regret trades. I didn't make more than trades I did make. Well, 
maybe I, I shouldn't bring that up. Um, <laughs> but, you know, have fun, release endorphins. Um, people create a positive association, even if uh, uh, make it an enjoyable experience to negotiate with you and hopefully one that has some sort of payoff in the end. Okay, picks and IDP leagues. Picks and IDP leagues are worth more than people think. Uh, and this goes back to what we were talking about it as a, an appreciating asset. There's that aspect, but that applies to IDP leagues and offensive leagues. Here's the deal, folks. IDP production is pretty cheap in rookie drafts. And you might be shocked at uh, in your mixed leagues. Guys, I play in mixed leagues, IDP leagues, where we have the jacked up IDP scoring, where we have IDP scoring where IDPs can score 40 or 50 points in a week. I play in those leagues, and even in those leagues, a player like Miles Garrett fell to the end of the first round. Now they're catching up. Chase Young went number one overall, right? So they're catching up. But even in those years, even in a year like this year, guys, I was getting Trevon Walker like in the third round of rookie drafts. Um, You just don't get, and I think that, again, the offense-defense balance in people's minds and i get it offensive scoring is more stable and they have more staying power and we're saying sell offense defensive players when you can when they're producing because they could they can be depreciating assets but still that's another reason to sell that you can just come back behind the next year in the second and third round sometimes later than the second or third round you know what's malcolm rodriguez gonna end up doing we'll see we'll see my point is you can you find these guys you find these players and it's so much easier. And maybe if you started out playing offensive fantasy football, you feel like it's really hard to replace assets. And you hold a little bit tighter, especially to first-round picks. That's, that's another thing I would add. You don't need first-round picks to rebuild in an IDP league. You don't need first-round picks. Um, gone, gone are the days that, oh, there was Patrick Willis or Luke Keekley or somebody in the first round and maybe somebody else in the early second round at linebacker. And if you didn't get in on that, then you probably aren't going to improve your linebacker core. I think we can all look at linebackers that are our every week starting linebackers on our fantasy teams that when we look back at their uh, draft cost, you know, it's minimal. It makes you sick. It makes you sick that you passed on him for a fifth round tight end who never even really saw the field. Right. So so you can always take advantage of the discount on uh, potential IDP studs in your drafts and probably we still even after this conversation guys even the four of us we probably still aren't valuing picks as high as we should in idp leagues yeah there's a great point there adam that i want to kind of kick flip off of which is the idea that you don't need first to rebuild and restock the pantry for idp i think if you looked at the bell curve of production versus draft cost in our main league that curve is going to peak around like mid second to mid third Mostly because, as Sig mentioned, IDPs typically don't go in the first rounds. You may see one or two sprinkled in, depending on what the offensive talent looks like. But for the most part, these stud IDPs, Devin Lloyd going at like the 202 in our main rookie draft, that tends to be how it goes uh, when it comes to rookie picks. Now, if you want to replenish the offensive cupboard, you're going to have to get those first for the most part. But if you're just looking for IDP reinforcements, Second, thirds, and even fourths can get the job done. Yeah, I mean they're they're gold, you know. Just because people are just people love offense. They want they just want those sexy, uh, fun players. And I mean it's it's understandable. But yeah, we 
if you have thirds, if you have fourths, like Sig mentioned, Trayvon Walker, Jaquan Brisker was a fourth round pick pretty much everywhere. And that's every single year you can find these, these deals. Um, yeah. Yeah. So you had an excellent question, Addy. I'll just keep the cam on you here. Yeah, sure. Um, just for, for everyone here at the, at the table and Sig, you, you as well, <laughs> you're at the table virtually. <laughs> what is the most you have ever traded for an IDP asset in terms of picks? And do you regret making that deal? So I'll kick us off here because this one jumps out to me right away. It was uh, in 2020 or 2019, I think it was, because I traded a 2021 first and two 2020 seconds for Devin White. Mm. Now, Devin White is still on my roster. We had that conversation in the last episode. Do I regret the trade? Not at all. It always does give you a little pause when the other manager smashes accept, like doesn't even entertain other offers. But I think that goes back to what we were talking about. Make a fair offer, look to build relationships, create win-win deals. I think that's been a win-win deal. So no, I don't regret spending a first and two seconds for Devin White. And that's a good point. You know, if you do lose that trade, if you eventually, I mean, that's going to... The, the manager you traded with, they're going to look fondly on that. And that's a, that's good. Yeah, it's a <laughs> they, little they reciprocity like, bias, yeah, like, hopefully. Like, hey, remember when I sent you that great deal for yeah. Devin White? Maybe you can help me out a little bit on this next Yeah, time. help me out, man. So, uh, Baba, what about you? Do you remember the highest amount of picks that you ever spent for an IDP? I remember a couple years back in our defensive tackle-specific um, league, I traded Aaron Donald away for a week. And got beat by the guy that I traded him to because Aaron mm. Ronald, Aaron Donald put up like forty that game, and then I think I went and overpaid like a first probably to get Donald back. This was probably like 2018, 2019, and have had him ever since then. No, I do not regret going to trade back for uh, Aaron Donald. I'm not sure why his Funko Pop is over there, not on the table today. Well, but it's because our Funko apologies, Pops are Josh. on the table, but. Bobby's also the master of the boomerang trade, as we know, mm-hmm. Addy. So that asset came whipping right back. Probably sent the fir- first right back to the guy that sure. he originally got back in the deal. <laughs> Addy, I know we were talking about this yesterday while we were trick-or-treating. Yours, I think you might have a little regret, maybe? I definitely do. So I sent a, it was a 2023 first last year uh, for Jamal Adams. It mm. was I don't know. I don't know what I was doing. I, I was a moment of weakness. Uh, I thought that I was a DB away, which is just a dumb thought to have to begin with. And uh, yeah, I sent a first for Jamal Adams, who immediately got hurt like the next week and uh, missed out on a on 2023 first that I desperately needed. What if, he, what if he hadn't gotten hurt? If he hadn't gotten hurt, yeah. I mean, it probably would have been okay. I still, I still would have rather found uh, a DB a different way. Because, mm-hmm. in fact, I think I sent Xavier Woods and a 2023 first. And Xavier Woods ended up being a baller the second half of the season. So it was just a bad trade all around. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, and if Jamal Adams would have returned to his, you know, 2019-2020 form, yeah, I, I, I think – I would have been okay with it. Um, what if the balls kept hitting him in the helmet, though, and you had to watch potential <laughs> interceptions just glance <laughs> off his face mask? Yeah, maybe not. <laughs> maybe not. Sig, we know about the hypothetical mm. Christian McCaffrey deal. Is there a, a yeah. trade that comes to mind with IDPs and draft picks that you can remember? Oh, yeah. This is another one. Again, why 
why are you asking me? Why are you having that guy on? <laughs> uh, because I did a trade the year after Miles Garrett's rookie year, and I went the other way. I'm going to cite a trade that went the other way, guys. I didn't. This is somebody else did this, and they were right, and I was wrong. Um, I, I, and again, this is uh, Miles Garrett. I gave up Miles Garrett. And I, 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 I whiffed on my de- the defensive tackle scoring was pretty jacked up. I whiffed on my defensive tackle scoring. I was pretty close to winning the championship in the first year. I ha- was pretty strong at, at defensive end. I actually had I, I hammered the position in the startup draft. This was the year after the startup draft. And Miles Garrett was kind of a luxury pick because there he was at 116. This is a 16 team league. There he was at 116 in the rookie draft. He was a luxury pick. I didn't even need him. And what he do to his rookie year, he showed, well, yeah, he's the kind of player he was. He's going to be better than Mario Williams. You know, he showed he's he's going to be one of those guys that really lives up to that generational talent. And I thought, okay, well, I'm going to get a defensive tackle. I got Geno Atkins. Um, I got a future first. I got an early second, and I got a late second. And I thought, well, I just took this guy with 116, mm-hmm. and I'm getting a future first, an early second, a late second, and a plug and play at that time, a plug and play defensive tackle. Easy deal. See, I don't know. That sounds pretty good. I mean, the 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 Geno Atkins piece is, you know, uh, maybe regrettable. But you got some draft picks back. I mean, did those guys turn into like Laquan Treadwell though? Was that the other piece uh, of it? No, no, that's a good question. Actually, I mean, now I now you're making me want to go and look. And this is probably again like this. At some point, I might just turn off my computer and walk away, guys. So watch, watch, (laughs) watch, watch what you're asking me. Um. You know what's funny because I'm the way I am. I ended up trading both of those picks. What did I even do? Uh, see now you're now now we're gonna really trace this all the way back because it looks like um, when I'm trying to I'm trying to figure this out. Um, uh, why don't I do this? Why don't I just look and see what I did the mm-hmm. following year in that draft? At least with that first round pick. There you I go. Mean, this is gonna be embarrassing. <laughs> oh yeah, here here's the real uh, the real reveal you know, right here. Oh, you know who I ended up taking with the first round pick? Kyler Murray. Okay. Huh. That's in nice. A 16, in a 16 yeah. team league. Yeah. Um, and then, so that's not, that's not too bad. Um, and I, I can at least look back. I'll tell you what, guys, let's do this. Let's look back at the year that I made the trade. And even though I traded the way the picks, who was taken at 202 and 215 that year? Who was taken around there? 202 was Michael Gallup. Okay. Um, right around him also, Dante Pettis, Leighton Vanderesh. Uh, 215 ended up being, oh boy, Sam Darnold. Dallas Goddard went right after him. Josh Allen actually went a couple of picks after that. Uh, uh, Shaquille Leonard went a couple of picks after that. Um, <laughs> I was so smart that I traded down out of 215 into the third to get Kiki Cutie. So, yeah. hey, yeah. returning punts for my Indianapolis Colts this weekend. I got to yeah. watch him in person. What a, what a delight that was. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think don't beat yourself up too much here. That's it's pretty good. That's not a bad haul for Miles Garrett. It's not a bad haul at the time, but I think that if I had just waited until like a month or two into the following season, I, I could have gotten multiple first round picks for him. I but, mean, I, I, and I think this goes back to our generational talent thing is like if you have an inkling that you have a generational talent, don't just don't don't trade them away. But that's the thing, though, Sig, is that how many of these guys are generational talents on IDP? One out of 100 of these guys that yeah. are drafted, you know, you've got You're one right. guy every two to three years that ends up being a, you know, Micah Parsons. Look, you're right. I'm, and I'm going to be hard on myself here. Probably. <laughs> I mean, I always am. This is my on the couch, right? This is on the couch episode. Um, <laughs> but I do think in the specific case of miles Garrett, in the case of Aaron Donald too, that 
the writing was on the wall. I mean, with Garrett, it was even more obvious because he was the number one overall pick because he was a player that, not just from a physical standpoint, but you could see the way he could bring all... Again, this isn't Mario Williams. This is a guy... This isn't even Julius Peppers, honestly. This is a guy who has some sort of motor or something that really is going to allow him to unlock the generational physical tools he has. In the case of Aaron Donald, you know, I think we saw pretty quickly that draft class. Uh, in a typical draft class, Aaron Donald would have been a top five pick, even as an undersized defensive tackle. Mm-hmm. Um, you're right. You're right that we fool ourselves into thinking that maybe we can predict who the generational guys are going to be. Uh, but at the same time, um, I mean, we know it was now granted for every Aaron Donald, there's an Ed Oliver, right? Um, yeah. But, but at the same time, Quinn and Williams, guys, I flexed Quinn and Williams as my IDP flex in one of my leagues last week, and it was the right move. That's right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so it, it, it's tough. It's tough. Uh, I'll, I'll, I guess I'll put it this way. When you watch, when watching a player makes you get excited, reminds you why you love football, don't trade that player away. Yes. Preach. That is, that's the emotional aspect of fantasy football that we don't talk about enough. Build a team that you enjoy. Build a team that if one of the selling points of IDP is to enrich your experience of fantasy football and watching the NFL, build a team that makes you excited, including on the IDP side of things. I love that, Sig. And uh, yeah, Miles Garrett, generational talent. Let's hope he lowers the driving speed a little bit so he can stay safe and stay in our lineups. But yeah, the generational label probably gets tossed around a little too much. Like Bobo said, maybe there's 10 to 12 of these guys in the league currently. But speaking of guys, Sig, we're going to wrap up here. It's trade deadline day in the NFL. Trade deadline's approaching in our fantasy leagues. One of my favorite segments from around the NFL podcast is You're the GM. So we're going to be the fantasy GMs around this table and talk about some of the premier IDP assets in the league. Can and I break some news real quick? Yeah, Bob, yeah. what we got? So the Bears are trading for Steelers' Chase Claypool. Yeah. Oh, wow. Look at that. That's Weird. from Field Yates. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, wow, that is, that's pretty shocking. What do we think that does? Sig, instant reaction from the offensive mind here. Yeah, I'm, ty- I'm typing it right now. Well, um, what's the most fascinating thing about this, guys, reacting to this in real time, is that the Bears have obviously reached an inflection point in their rebuilding, right? Because some people are saying, well, now let's trade David Montgomery. Now let's do this and that. And maybe they, they still will. I mean, we've got hours left before the trade deadline. But um, now you're not seeing negative moves saying this player's not part of our future. This We want to cash him in for some asset, any asset. Now we're seeing positive moves. And it intersects with uh, Justin Fields and his development and rational coaching, borrowing from the Lamar Jackson playbook and so on. So I think this is exciting if you're a Bears fan. And I think that when you look at, and look, I uh, this applies to IDP trading, guys. This applies to fantasy football trading, okay? Um, sometimes there's only a couple of trade partners. Sometimes it'd be great if everybody was an equally informed, equally eager trade partner. But sometimes if you want to trade an asset, or you want to acquire a certain kind of asset, there's only one or two teams that are going to be there, right? So so for the Steelers, trading Trace Claypool, they have a surplus of assets at wide receiver. Uh, and the other thing is, maybe Trace Claypool, not a Mike Tomlin guy, not a guy that fits in Mike Tomlin's culture the way that he might prefer. So this was the guy the Steelers had available, and the Bears are in the market for wide receivers, but they're on the market for Brandon Cooks. I mean, they're not in the market for a Band-Aid. Okay, they're they're not the Packers, they're not the Ravens, they're not the Giants even that have more of a limited 
time uh, window horizon of impact. They're looking further down the line. You have a cost-controlled asset in Chase Claypool now, uh, at least uh, for, what, two more years, uh, the rest of this year, next year. But more importantly, you have this excellent contrast between Chase Claypool and Darnell Mooney, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, And maybe this was just good luck that that's who was available. But you have in Chase Claypool, and because you have Chase Claypool with Darnell Mooney outside, you can, I think Chase Claypool is best suited as a slot, as a big slot. They can put him there. Uh, I think that you have a player that it just gets a fresh start. You know, we all saw the picture of Chase Claypool, the frustration with the Steelers' offense. Could they trade Matt Canada in the deal too? Did Matt Canada go in that part? Of that <laughs> I think he's still Steelers, there. Sam. I as think a, he's as still a Steelers there. fan, I know there was a uh, who was it? The Colts fired their offensive coordinator. Yes, they did. Uh, uh, this morning, Steelers fans saying, "Can that? Can we get some of that? Over <laughs> can, we, can we do that too, please?" That's just not how Mike Tomlin runs the team, though. Um, so, so it's exciting. I think. I think that. And again, guys, things change so fast in the NFL. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, two weeks ago, if you're a Bengals fan, you're riding high. Now the Browns are taking your lunch money. Right. The Bears three or four weeks ago looked like a laughing stock. Hey, you can win a game in a monsoon. So what? Now we're, the sun's coming up. Right. So th- this is what's exciting. And I think the maybe this is a signal to some teams in fantasy football to think like the Bears right now. Don't just think about tearing down. Think about what you're building to. I think the Bears probably sit back and know they didn't do enough in free agency or via the draft either. You know, they didn't they didn't spend a lot of money in free agency. Yeah, they're stockpiling. They're stockpiling picks. They're stockpiling young, cost-controlled assets and Chase Claypool. I like what Ryan Poles, the Bears GM, is doing. I think he's rebuilding the right way. You've got the quarterbacks. So let's build up the uh, offensive do you know? surrounding cast. Do you like Fields? Do you Fields guy? I don't know. It's, it's tough to evaluate. I mean, that offensive line is terrible. Mm-hmm. They, they haven't had any, you know, talent for them. At the uh, wide receiver, talk or, about situation versus talent. Yeah, context it's, is important. You just can't evaluate, and that's just that's that's how it goes with quarterbacks. You know, you just it, sometimes the pieces aren't set up for them to be successful, and uh, it looks like they're trying to rectify that. But so far, I think we we've I think we should be encouraged by what we've seen lately. But it's still too early. It's great for the other side of the ball too. If you're a Deontay Johnson or a um, Pickens guy, oh yeah, wheels up, yeah. love that. So let's talk about some more hypothetical trades. The flurry of activity is coming, so let's put our GM hats on and talk about some compensation for some of the well-known IDP assets. First one up here, gentlemen, Seattle Seahawks linebacker Jordan Brooks. So this is a guy that I think collectively at this table we're looking to sell. We're looking to cash out on. So what might we be looking for in return? We're going to go picks, IDP, and offense just to give you an idea on all three. So picks... We would want a second-round pick, but we would settle for a third and a fourth if we're not contending. Addy, who are some IDPs that we might take back in return? So if you're just doing a linebacker for linebacker deal, I'd, I would uh, be interested in trying to acquire Pete Warner, Quay Walker, Nick Bolton uh, at edge, Greg Rousseau, Chase Young, I think is a solid buy right now. Um, defensive back, someone like Talanoa Hufunga, Kyle Hamilton. That's who I'm going to be looking to acquire. Uh, if I'm trading Jordan Brooks. There you go. Baba, what about offense? Yeah, offensively, it's a little tricky. And we love you, Sig. This is how long we've been prepping for this episode. Um, this was probably before Josh Jacobs became an animal. So I did put Josh Jacobs in here, even though the last couple of weeks he's been pretty insane. Um, and then a guy like Garrett Wilson or Rashad Bateman, some guys who might appear to be with either the non-deep ball throwing you know, Lamar Jackson, kind of banged up Rashad, uh, Rashad Bateman, or Garrett Wilson, 
what does he look like with his quarterback there with the Jets long term? Who knows? But it might be kind of the sell low type category. But I, I, I like the upside for, for especially Wilson and Bateman long term. Yeah, Jordan Brooks, a nice asset. Sig, are you buying, selling, and what do you want to uh, give or get back in return? Yeah, it's harder getting down to specifics, and y'all do a really good job with that. And so I'm not going to try to supplement what y'all are saying about specifics and instead echo something we said earlier in the show that start with that idea of what you want to get. But if you have clarity, then go ahead and maybe be willing to settle for a little less than that or be willing to give a little more uh, as a buyer. And with Jordan Brooks, I mean, this is tough, right? Because on one hand, a player as poor as he is in coverage, that was the book on him, right? eventually he's not going to be a three down linebacker rational coaching dictates that some at some point he's not going to be a three down linebacker and his value is peaked and i would tend to err on that side but we should not assume Pete carroll is going to be a rational coach and didn't the football gods just give pete carroll a huge thumbs up this year and say you were right all along about russell wilson you were right so whatever pete carroll's doing that might seem wrong to us it's probably not going to be more inclined to reverse it now so maybe George Brooks is going to hold this role, but I'd be inclined to sell and I would I would easily sell for any of the assets that y'all are talking about. And uh, what was and Jordan Brooks maybe fell a little bit farther in rookie drafts than we sh- he should have. If he was a similar player that didn't go to a team that kept blowing their picks like Seattle, maybe he would have went higher. Maybe he would have went like where Devin Lloyd and Quay Walker were going to rookie drafts this year. But if to pay a little more to, to do a lateral move over to one of those guys, I think it's worth it. Before we go to the next guy, real quick, let's think about who Jordan Brooks was drafted around. Right around Isaiah Simmons, Kenneth Murray, Patrick Queen. Keep that in mind. Yeah, he's the best one of the bunch. Best one of the bunch by far. He was probably drafted the latest of those guys. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Let's move now to one of our favorite players collectively around this table. And Sig, we'll set you up first on this one. Just curious what your temperature is on this player, if it's someone that you're looking to acquire. He does fall into that lb edge conundrum but what about jalen phillips are you looking to buy sell what might you be looking to pay or get back in return bye 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 this guy has a chance have you seen jalen phillips have you taken a look at him lately what was that big front page was it on one of the south florida papers the greek god fitness regime or something like that uh and you watched him at miami uh, college Miami and you saw somebody that strictly as an edge rusher was uh, comparable as some guys that go with top three just if you're strictly looking at that part of his game so you have a very high ceiling you also have a team in Miami that if they could keep too healthy and keep this going with this offense can putting defenses on their heels and then putting opposing offenses in distress and taking them out of their comfort zone, forcing quarterbacks to have to pass downfield more often, pass more often, because uh, this team, what we saw against Baltimore and how that got us really excited, we're catching back up to that now that two is on the field. So I think you have a, a, a stellar talent. And what was one of the things that made him fall in the draft? Remember, it was just durability concerns. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, not seeing that right now as a drag on his value. So I think we could eventually be meeting up with one of those perfect storms. Uh, and Jalen Phillips is a player that I, I think almost universally is underrated in terms of IDP fantasy value. 
Talk about preaching to the choir. Addy, at the risk of sounding like sync, bye, bye, bye as well. What are some IDPs that you, sir, would be willing to give up for Jalen Phillips? Yeah, I mean, at linebackers, I'm going to be sending some studs. Like, I'm not afraid to send Devin White, Logan Wilson, Jordan Brooks. I'll, I'll trade all those guys for Jalen Phillips. Um, at edge, I'm going to be looking to, you know, trade some of these elite guys that maybe have been a little past their prime. Daniel Hunter, Joey Bosa. You know, guys like that. Defensive back, I mean, I'm going to go with the top. I'd trade Derwin James for Jalen Phillips. Straight up. I agree. Yeah, I think Jalen Phillips is awesome. I think picks-wise, I would give a very high 2023 second-round pick. Might even entertain a late first uh, because I agree this is, I think, one of the up-and-coming premier edge rushers. Baba, who do we like on offense trading for Jalen Phillips? You know, it kind of goes back to the way Six started the episode a little bit in that you know, know your trade partner, know their situation, and know your scoring. Obviously, Jalen Phillips and big play scoring is going to have a whole lot more value, um, especially in true position as well. But, you know, we're getting really close, not only in the NFL, um, as today is the trade deadline, but also in IDP um, dynasty leagues to knowing who's contenders and who's pretenders. Look at the people who are needing help on offense. Sell a Chris Godwin, Brandon Cooks. Gabe Davis, Ramon J. Stevenson, somebody who, you know, kind of might be fool's gold and might not be valuing Jalen Phillips quite yet for what he could be, um, but is maybe needing some offensive help, um, possibly even one of these guys in their flex position. Yeah, let's talk about a player that Sig mentioned in his IDP flex. D-tackle one in Dynasty Leagues. That's a whole separate discussion, but Quinnen Williams, Addy, you've got a great note here on the picks. We would give a third. The manager probably wants a second. What are your thoughts here on trading picks for Quinnen Williams? Yeah, I mean, if you're thinking about buying a player like Quinnen, I think it's smart to reach out to the Jeffrey Simmons manager and see what their asking price is. I think both those guys are basically the exact same right now. Um, so if you can get one cheaper than the other, that's the one I'd, I'd go after. Yeah, and you're probably shopping some similar IDPs on Quinnen Williams. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm going to be having to send good assets, but uh, again, I think Quinn Williams is, is the, the better buy here. I'm, I'm willing to, to send away Logan Wilson, Fred Warner, um, at defensive back, Talano Hufunga, Jeremy Chin, Montez Sweat, Daniel Hunter at edge. And then again, like Jeffrey Simmons, I think he's, uh, that's, those are the two. Those are the two at the top. So who do you like best? And then just go get, if you like Quinnen yep. best, maybe send Simmons to the Quinnen manager if you want to try to upgrade. Sig, what are your thoughts here? Quinnen Williams, he was in your flex. Uh, are you trading for Quinnen, though, in other leagues where you might not have him? And what are your thoughts on his place in the dynasty defensive tackle rankings? Yeah. Uh, I think that everybody's going to agree that he's top two, top three, where the disagreement that you can take advantage of is, is what is a top two, top three defensive tackle worth? And of course, scoring matters. All right. Uh, if it's a point for a tackle and three points for a sack, well, kind of, and this is why, by the way, guys, this is why offense is worth more than defense, right? How many of us started out in IDP leagues where I defensive scoring was too low to really matter? And so in some ways, this is still a vestige of old thinking. Um, so I think that a second round pick for Quinn and Williams. Yeah. A second round pick for Quinn and Williams. I'm not going to hesitate. Right. I mean, this is one of those things where it now maybe Quinn and Williams isn't truly generational in the same way that Aaron Donald 
is that JJ Watt was, but you also have a multiplier effect of sort of seems like Robert Sala's program on defense is working. It seems like, I mean, do you remember like Justin Smith, you know, um, an, an interior player can rack up stats uh, in, in this kind of situation. Quinn and Williams is a player uh, who's, and the other thing is, again, think about that. You want younger players. You think about that career arc. Um, I, I think that we may still have not seen the best of Quinn and Williams yet. So it's a tough position to get points. I like the idea too of inquiring about, you know, inquire about Jonathan Allen, inquire about Deron Payne, inquire about it or some veteran options. You know, what's the discount? So guys, if we're talking about like Grady Jarrett or even Aaron Donald, they should be some percentage of the value of Quinn and Williams. But name, brand value skews things. The Jets, we aren't used to thinking of the Jets as a place that players flourish and hit their best possible selves. All kinds of things might be uh, intersecting here where you might find it's actually, you don't have to give up that much more for Quinn and Williams than you would to get Aaron Donald or Grady Jarrett. So put the feelers out there, figure it out. I have a feeling you're going to want to get Quinn and Williams. Yeah, you want Quinn and Williams on your roster. Addy, let's talk about, to wrap up here, a couple of linebackers that we mentioned on the last pod. One of the ones that we are looking to sell of the two Devons is Devin White. If you want to deeper dive into kind of the thinking behind selling an asset like Devin White, go back and listen to the first IDP Blitz that we did last month. But Addy, let's dig a little deeper into another player who got mentioned in the last episode, Devin Lloyd. This is a player unlike Devin White that we are buying We'd be willing to give a 2023 late first or a 2024 first plus a fourth IDP assets. I mean, the cupboard is fully stocked of assets that we're willing to send. Yeah. I mean, Devin Lloyd is my LB one in dynasty. So I'll send Roquan. I'll send Devin white. I'll send Shaq Leonard. I, I don't care. Just let me get Devin, Devin Lloyd. on. Do the you squad. have to send those guys plus you think to get Lloyd? Uh, Maybe so. Yeah. Maybe so at this point. I mean, Shaq Leonard's a, is a tough sell right now, that's for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, people are definitely getting smarter um, thanks to us and Sig. Uh, at Edge, <laughs> uh, I'd, I'd sell someone like Josh Allen, Brian Burns, um, Derwin James at defensive back, Jeffrey Simmons. Although that's not enough for Devin Lloyd, honestly. Um, Devin Lloyd's quite untouchable. Truly, he's like a, he's a top six asset for me. So yeah. Babo, offensively, this is an interesting conversation because this dude is a top IDP asset. So what kind of offensive assets are equivalent in your mind? So I will say this would be for Devin Lloyd plus. I'm not doing these guys straight. I want something else back in return. But if you're like Adam and just has, you know, the new car buyer's eyes, he's just looking to spend money to get Devin Lloyd as fast as he can. Um, Debo Samuel for Devin Lloyd plus. T. Higgins, Chris Olave, um, you know they're all kind. They're all great. Don't get me wrong; they're all great offensive assets. But Debo now with CMC around, is he going to lose some touches? T. Higgins looks like he's pretty reliant on having Jamar Chase run alongside of him. Maybe he's not the you know a true number one there when Jamar's not there. And then Chris Olave, I really like Chris Olave. You know, lives in Sig City, but. Um, you know, could you sell a nice rookie wide receiver and get a Devin Lloyd, maybe plus another offensive piece, maybe plus another pick for next year? Um, obviously, all these guys are going to be valued higher than Devin Lloyd, but um, if you love Devin Lloyd the way Adam does, you look at him 
the way Adam looks Got at it. Got the hard eye emoji going on. Yep. Love it. It's all open. All right, Sig, what about Devin Lloyd? Are you as in love with the Jacksonville Jaguars linebacker as the people at this table are? No. And I think that this conversation, fellas, means that you should sell Devin Lloyd. Um, because I think that, as we like to say around the business, he's being valued as ceiling, right? Um, where, where, where does Devin Lloyd rank right now in IDP scoring? Now, granted, he's got room to grow. Uh, but at the same time, Jacksonville. So I, I think we also had something that 38 10 game that Jacksonville played out with its starters. And I did it. I bloomed them, right? I said their linebacker should have a nickname, AWOL and Duval or whatever. Uh, now all of a sudden, Trevon Walker checking in has the worst pressure rate of anybody who's had like 200 pass rushes. Mm-hmm. Look, first week, Devin, Trevon Walker looked like he was going to be an instant impact guy like Miles Garrett or whoever. Right. Um, Devin Lloyd's a good player. He's a good all around linebacker. But if somebody is really hot and heavy for him and I, I, I don't like the idea of trading him for offense. I do like the idea of starting at a second round pick and at least probably getting another piece is equally valuable to second round, maybe two second round picks um, uh, and, may, and, and a few other. So, guys, this is where you do that shotgun approach. Right. If I can get it's two seconds and a fourth or something like that. I'll take my chances. I can turn one of those into somebody that maybe isn't as tantalizing in terms of his talent and his all around game, but at the bottom line production is going to roughly cancel out Devin Lloyd, or maybe I use all three picks on offense and, or, or maybe I use all three picks on edge rushers or whatever gives me flexibility. Maybe I find Devin Lloyd this year, uh, the uh, Devin Lloyd production on the waiver wire. So I think with Devin Lloyd, we're paying for what we think he's going to become but that tells me that you can harvest more value than uh, is, is there right now, which is the side of the trade I want to be on. That's why you have Sig on the show, Eddie. It's not just the impeccable bucket hat collection. It's mm-hmm. the counter takes to the narratives that we even have here at this table, and that's what I love. He expands our way of thinking. He gives multiple different perspectives and that's what makes IDP fantasy football beautiful is that there are so many ways to go about this game that we love Addy and he's right if someone's sending you first round picks if, if anyone ever sends you a first round pick for any type of IDP IDP asset you have to really think about it I think because it's rare I no. mean how many times have you guys been offered a first for one of your IDP assets? I don't think ever I don't know if ever either it's rare but the other thing to take into consideration also we say a first but Sig's already talked about on the episode he had the 116 yeah so just because you have a quote unquote first um, know who's first that is and where they're projected to be because there's a huge difference between 103 and 116 because 116 and honestly in most of our leagues that's a mid second yeah 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 I mean you're you're likely never to get uh, anything higher than a mid first I think even in our in our uh, on our rankings we have the trade values and mm-hmm. I have a little note in there it says expect these first that's to right. be mid to late just because people are not willing to part with those early first round picks and we already know at this point in the season who's going to be a top five or six pick next year absolutely well sig this episode has been loaded with goodies hopefully we have provided those idp managers who felt a little unsure about trades maybe this is their first season or maybe they've had some bad deals not go their way we mentioned some of ours maybe they've had some of theirs yeah i always like to get your thoughts here as we wrap up any final thoughts, parting wisdom for managers out there in IDP leagues? 
Yeah, I want to joke and say, can we just, if we're going to destroy this show, right? This is not ever going to actually make it out to the people. That's right. I admitted these trades. That's right. On the record, admitted that. It's going on the shelf just for us. Uh, No, but I I think what y'all should come away with, uh, y'all being the people listening and and watching, um, is that uh, uh, don't be afraid of making mistakes. Don't be afraid of learning through making deals. Uh, uh, So don't, especially if you're, just starting the IDP journey, you know, you're only a couple of years into it. Um, and then you're stimulated by it. You, you know, when you started it, it didn't turn you off and make you say, I don't, I just want to stay casual. Then you're going to learn by making trades. You're going to learn again, you're going to build relationships, even in the trades that aren't consummated and making bad trades. Sometimes this is life stuff, guys, making mistakes is how we learn. And if you don't try, if you try to avoid making mistakes, then you're never going to learn. You're just going to always be sitting there uh, keeping your powder dry, but never actually getting into the skirmish where the fun is. So try stuff, uh, uh, play around. Uh, And I think the other thing about this conversation, if you take a step back from it, is IDP fantasy football, the same things that are exciting about fantasy football, the puzzle, the trying to prove how smart we are, skate to where the puck's going to be. There's many other layers that open up when you do IDP fantasy football. It's like it's like unlocking another level of a video game. Right. So so this should be encouraging for folks, especially the dynasty aspect of, of, of going in further and having new places to test your theories, new laboratories to mess around with your philosophy, positional value, what's important, what lasts, what doesn't see what happens. And, uh, you know, I, I just continue to say, guys, and again, I'm going to get big picture here because you gave me the floor. This is what happens. Don't encourage me. Um uh, I'm going to acknowledge something that I think is not being acknowledged often enough, which is everybody in our, in our country has gone through pain, has gone through trauma of some sort. It's not being dealt with. I think the pace of our lives keeps us from dealing with it. And uh, sports and all the things that uh, come, uh, all the, the, the emanations of sports, like fantasy sports, it's a pacifier and man do we need it we all need it and uh, i think that that calm you get when you're checking out your roster and you're thinking about what to do and you're looking at the standings who am i going to trade with set my lineup you know it's therapeutic uh and um this is another way while all the juices are flowing at the trade deadline to get your juices flowing and and make things optimistic because winter's coming I mean, you just, folks, that's why you have Sig on. He brings that brilliant perspective, those gorgeous bucket hats, and a little bit of philosophy to go along with it. Trades are fun. Trades are a great learning experience. It enriches your fantasy football enjoyment. So, boys, let's go out and make some trades today. What do you say? Who are we buying? Sig, who, who is the one person you're buying? Who do you want? Who are you lusting I'm after? trying to get I'm trying to get Shaquille Leonard. I'm I I want to I mm. think he's going to I think it's time I mm. think that this is the last maybe the window where we might be looking at him as he's broken and mm-hmm. I don't even care if he's broken. If he's broken, then we're going to have a great retirement ceremony for him on my IDP team. I commented go. on that a while back where there was the poll Malcolm Rodriguez for Shaq Leonard and I commented, "What are we what are we doing? Yeah, guys? Yeah. What are we doing here? What has become of us? Yeah, I don't know you anymore." <laughs> so, we all love Rodrigo, but we love Shaq Leonard more. He's on the wall. That's right. We got him on the wall in the Soad Shack. So, Sig, thank you as always, my friend. We love getting to talk fantasy football, love getting to talk IDP, and especially yeah. love getting to talk trades. 
Hope you all have enjoyed this episode. If you have, make sure to subscribe to the Audible. Sig, Cecil, and the whole crew doing awesome work there every single week. Every single week, helping you win your fantasy football leagues. If you'd like to hear more of the three of us here around this table, check us out, the IDP show. You can find us on social media, YouTube, podcast, wherever you get your IDP goodness. We will be back later this month after Thanksgiving with the third installment of these special IDP Blitz episodes. But until then, go out, make some trades, have some fun. Thanks for listening, y'all. We'll see you next time. Welcome to something new. It's the IDP Blitz. When I go home, everything's at risk. Welcome to something new. It's the IDP Blitz.